I got pregnant with Sunny like really easily. Like I went off my birth control and I got pregnant within two months. We started with trying after Sunny and I had, I think it was like three miscarriages before I had to take like a break from really trying. It took like a whole part of my soul. I feel like it really hardened me a little bit because it was just so much grief. So how has loss changed you? It's given me just so much perspective on what's important. I just don't care about so much. Like I, I can't care because I feel like I've experienced certain things that trump it all and it's just not worth it. And I think that that is really powerful. Yeah, it's given me perspective on what's really important and what needs to come first in my life in terms of my priorities. But I think that talking about it was so therapeutic for me and knowing that other people were listening yeah. and getting some sort of sense of like sisterhood or like, oh God, I, I'm not alone. Like that's why I do it. My name's Mimi Bouchard, founder of Superhuman, the transformational app that helps you become your future self so that you can finally start attracting more joy, abundance, health, wealth, and love into your life. And that's also my mission on this podcast. Meet people whose lives have been transformed in big and small ways, but always for the better. They tell me how they did it so that you can too. Today on the podcast, Whitney Port. Why this former reality TV star decided to share her real life online, including the things that no one likes to talk about. Okay. So we were doing our research on you before, and yeah. your birthday just passed. Yeah. You're That's Pisces. Just, I am. Do you, do you listen to astrology I stuff? I don't. Do you? No, no, not really. I know yeah. I'm a Cancer, so mm -hmm. I know about cancer stuff because I only read that. Totally. But, yeah. Same. I know about Pisces too. I'm like, I know I'm a fish. I know we're really sensitive. I know I'm like easygoing and free Are you very sensitive? Because I'm so, so sensitive. Like, yeah. it's beyond sensitive. Um, you cry a lot. All the time. Me too. All the time. All the time. Yeah. But I, I, other than that, the same. I only know about myself. I don't really lean yeah. into it too much. And I also feel like with signs, you can be kind of everything. Yeah. Like yeah, when you read all the astrology charts, they kind of resonate like, with a lot. I know. So. Not, not, I'm, it's. I don't I'm know how I 100% feel about it. I Some know. people swear by it. I know. Do you know like your human design? No, no, do not know that. Yeah, it's another one of those. Or like your Enneagram. Enneagram. Yeah, Enneagram. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that one either. Mm -mm. Well, thank you, Whitney, for being with me today. Of course. First <laughs> off, I want to say thank you for coming, even though you have a raspy voice right now. <laughs> My pleasure. I'm like, <laughs> I'm so sorry to everyone listening, um, but no, I'm so happy to be here. You're I doing the sexy raspy cancel. vibe. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. It's like your alter ego. I love your YouTube channel. Thank As we've you. been doing research on you before this uh, this show, this episode, my producer and I were talking about how amazing your YouTube channel is. Thank it's you. so real and like cozy. That's really what it is. It's so real and cozy. Thank you. And it's just so watchable. So when you first started it with your husband, yeah, did you guys discuss, you know, okay, we want to be super real on here. We want to, you know, put everything on the table or was it just a very organic, gradual decision? So basically, I was on this other reality TV show, which was like so personal and everyone was sharing all their drama. And for Yeah, The Hills. Yeah. And for me, it was never something that I felt comfortable with. Like mm -hmm. I always showed up to do The Hills to like work and have my career in fashion. But then I think because... 
social media and and YouTube and the power of being able to create your own content and being being that person that's actually telling the story like I felt like I was willing to share more and be more vulnerable because there wasn't someone that I didn't know like chopping me up to look a certain way mm-hmm. you know like I was able to show who I really was so what happened was though I wasn't really doing much on YouTube to be perfectly honest mm-hmm. like it wasn't a platform that I was leaning much into and then I got pregnant and I started having like these really adverse feelings, emotions yeah. towards being pregnant, just like, ugh, I'm hating this. I'm not excited. I don't feel myself. And also physically sick, just like really yuck. And Timmy was like, you know, what I feel like I was also one of the first ones of my friends to be pregnant. So I really didn't have people to talk to. And when you go to talk to your mom now, I don't know if you've started to have these conversations, but like my mom makes everything sound like everything was always perfect and butterflies and rainbows. So it wasn't necessarily a safe place for me to complain to her. So Timmy was like, we should film this. Like you should talk about how you're feeling. We should film it and you should share it because if you're feeling like this, there must be so many other people feeling like this. So we decided to do it. Well, we filmed it first. Like I was laying in bed, like in a robe, eating yogurt, feeling disgusting, like pregnant, sick, like all the emotions. And we started talking about it. And I think also because he was behind the camera, I felt very comfortable with him. I think it's so important, you know, when you're, if you are a creator to have that team of people that you're super comfortable with and you can be yourself with, because that's what really, I think, like why people connect to you. Yeah, like we just, we put it out there and I was really nervous at first because I thought people were going to be like, well, you're pregnant. Like there's nothing to complain about. Like think about how the people who can't get pregnant, you know, I was just, I I had the worst case scenario of how people would react in Mm -hmm. my head. Um, And it turned out to be, the opposite and women were like oh my god I feel this way too and I haven't been able to talk about it or know where to go with it and then from then on I felt really comfortable just being really vulnerable myself because I felt like that's the only thing I have that makes me different from everybody else Mm -hmm. you know and you're very open about being a mom and toddlerhood. Yeah. And I love that so much because it's so relatable. I don't have kids yet, but yeah. I love watching it anyways. And, you know, when you're so honest about motherhood, you create such a community of women mm-hmm. in your audience. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had, you know, people from your audience come up to you and share things with you that were just so open because they felt that connection to you? A hundred percent. Like the thing that touches me the most are the women that will reach out and say that they were like hopeless, lost in the middle of the night, like not knowing what to do, especially with with the first phase of having a baby, like postpartum, yeah. breastfeeding, that very difficult time of that identity shift and emotions. They would write to me, like in the middle of the night, like I would turn on your channel Mm -hmm. and it would, it was like a meditation for me would help get me through because I would feel like not so alone. And that, that was like the impetus then for me to continue to do it and was a new way to really connect with my audience. Because when I was doing TV, there was no social media. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't connect with them Mm -hmm. or really establish that relationship so this was really really cool for me yeah and at that time you can show you know this is the real me not just what's edited behind 
the scenes. Oh, I did a reality show as well you back did? in London. It's it oh was kind god. of the hills of the UK. Was it um, made in Chelsea? Um, oh my god, you did! Yeah, I did it for like two years. Stop. So we have a my lot. husband and I were thinking about doing reactions to that one. Oh my gosh! Well, yeah. please don't put me on. Well, okay, go ahead. Oh my god! I was painted as the bad guy. You it was. Were? I think it was a lot more fake than the hills, actually. Oh really? Um, but yeah, I did that for years. And uh, when I when I, in my early twenties, like oh five six years ago. So um, was that how you got? into the in- industry-ish? Uh, kind of, you, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I will say, you know, it started off, I had an online magazine and then I went to London and then I wanted to keep a visa, so I got on this show. Yeah. Um, but now, you know, six, seven years later, since I first started it, um, my audience, like you can see my demographics on Instagram. It used to be 100% UK, now it's like 20 or 25% oh, UK. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's really switched since I've left. Yeah. You've done a great job yourself at kind of branding yourself after leaving a big show like that. You're definitely way more prominent on a reality show than I was, but you've done such a good job at that. Did, was that intentional or just you continuing to share? Because I felt like I had to really focus on, you know, the things that I was actually interested in yeah. and to paint this new picture of who I actually am. Yeah, that was really, really hard. That The phase between doing the reality show and then when that stopped and figuring out, like, what I really wanted to do with my life was really weird mm-hmm. because I started doing the TV show when I was 19, and those are really formative years of your life, especially when you're entering the the yeah. workforce, yeah. you know? And for 20. me, yeah. it was like a lot of producers making things happen for me, even though, like, I was a really motivated, like, curious fashion girl, like I would have been in the fashion industry regardless of being on the show. There were still producers that were helping make connections Mm -hmm. to jobs. And then all of a sudden I'm on the spinoff show moving to New York. And so there was like a very weird imposter syndrome when the show ended of like, wait, now who am I? Like I have to kind of figure out my own path, you know? Mm -hmm. So I took like a couple of years to figure it out. And during that time, my my dad had passed away and I had a clothing line and I closed up that. So it was yeah. like a very, those were really big years for me. And I think social media was the thing that allowed me to, to maintain the connection with everybody mm-hmm. and to be able to, sh- yeah, I, I, I relied on social media afterwards because I was like, I don't have that platform anymore. Mm -hmm. But then again, social media for me has not always, it it hasn't been, I don't don't know if you feel the same way, but it doesn't always like come so naturally to me because I'm like a little bit older. You know what I mean? Like I I feel I'm at the end of the demographic that like grew up with it. Mm -hmm. I, I definitely like have relied on it, obviously, to extend what I'm doing um, and use it as exposure. But I would love a life without it, you know? Yeah, no, I feel you for sure. So you started The Hills when you were 19. Yeah. What was that immediate jump to fame like for you? Because that show blew up. Yeah. What was Um, that like for you so young? For me, because I was always like a supporting character, it never really felt like the biggest jump for me. Like Mm -hmm. I never really felt like, oh my God, now I'm uber famous. And also I think because I was on a reality show, Mm -hmm. like I never took myself that seriously. I was never like, you know, like I was always like, oh, I'm just on a reality show. I grew up in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. I went to a like liberal arts private high school in LA. Like my parents were not wealthy by any means or in the industry, but I grew up, sorry, I grew up around it. So I wasn't 
when, when, when the TV stuff started happening, like I wasn't really impressed by it. Like I wasn't, I wasn't trying to be famous. I wasn't trying to be on TV. I think it was definitely weirder for my friends, but for me, it felt totally manageable. Yeah. Like I wasn't, it wasn't like, oh my God. Yeah. I yeah. bet you were getting recognized everywhere, though. Yeah, I mean, in L.A., like, the paparazzi yeah. could be a thing, yeah. like, outside of nightclubs yeah. and whatnot. And then when I was in New York, I remember it being more of a thing because I would always walk everywhere in New York. And in New York, there's just so many tourists walking around all the time. And yeah. that was fun. But, like, it was, it never was to a point, I shouldn't say never. I, I remember certain heights of it where I would wear in Los Angeles, the paparazzi would follow in the cars, and that would always make me feel unsafe. But other than that, it's, it was never a thing for me. Yeah. 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 Seems like you dealt with it very well then. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And I just, uh, it was like a, I compartmentalized it. It was like yeah. a different part of my identity almost. This it wasn't is like my who alter I was. ego. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It was like I put on this kind of mask and this yeah. armor and like went to work but it wasn't really who I was like who mm -hmm. I was was this college student at USC like living downtown in an apartment mm -hmm. like going to frat parties you know That's like so it wasn't interesting. yeah so when you left the show do you feel like that identity kind of faded away and you just started being the true self yeah for sure yeah but then it was like who is my true self? Yeah. Like, who am I? Kind of, because as any 25-year-old would be, regardless of being on a TV show or not, those are the years when you have to make really big choices. And I, I still feel like I don't fully know. I, I That feels weird to say, but like, know exactly who I am. Like, I feel like I'm always discovering new parts of myself. Mm -hmm. But I, I've, I, I had a really like solid childhood. My parents were amazing, strong, supportive parents. And I think confidence can get you a long way. Like, yeah. I think that they instilled a lot of confidence in me. And then I was able to navigate all this craziness because of it. Yeah, that's yeah. it's really all about that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So you have spoken so openly and movingly about the miscarriages that you've suffered. And first of all, I'm so sorry that you have to go through that. Thank and you. as a woman, you know, my heart is there for you. And Thank it's, you. you've been so open. I listened to that raw podcast that you did. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why am I tearing up even just thinking about it? Like, it's so hard to go through. And I haven't gone through one myself, but I've had yeah. many very close people in my life have gone through that. So Aww. what went into deciding that you were going to talk about it? Oh, you're so sweet. Yeah. Um, it's okay. You are sensitive. I'm, I'm a cancer. <laughs> we were just talking about that. Like, I feel I'm an empath. I feel other people's yeah, energy. So sweet. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that was really, really hard. Um, I got pregnant with Sunny, like, really easily. Like, I went off my birth control and I got pregnant within two months. It was so wow. easy. So when I tried for the second time, I didn't even think that I would have issues. Like, it never crossed my mind. It's just so interesting, all the things that you don't think about until you have to. Yeah. But... I, we started with trying after Sunny, and I I had, I think it was like three miscarriages before I started. I, I had to take like a break from really trying. So there was, there's a long process, but essentially it, it took like a whole part of my soul. I feel like it really hardened me a little bit and I'm like working towards bringing like a little bit of the softness back in because it was just so much grief. And especially after my dad passed, I think that it brought up a lot of feelings about grief and and death that were mm -hmm. just like too much for me to bear. 
I think that talking about it was so therapeutic for me and knowing that other people were listening, just like I was saying before, other people were listening yeah. and getting some sort of sense of like sisterhood or like, yeah. oh God, I, I'm not alone. Like that's why I... That's why I do it. That's mm -hmm. the only reason why I do it. Because it's yeah. not like it feels that comfortable for me to share. Yeah. You know, I just, I urge everybody out there to, to like tune into what they really can and cannot handle and to like honor themselves and take it slow and like also find, find that little sense of community, whether it be a doctor, whether it be a best friend, whether it be your mom, whether it be a random like influencer friend, whoever it is, I think it's so important to find the people whose voice you really trust because it can be a really confusing time. You know, you don't really know who to turn to. Yeah. So what kind of advice would you give someone that you love in your life that has gone through this? How can you be there for someone that's going through this? So it's it's really hard to know the boundaries because everybody's so different and mm -hmm. we all grieve so yeah. many different ways. Like some people are really needy and want people around them and want people to check on them. And I think that if if someone in your life is experiencing this, like tune into what you think their needs will be to bring yourself out of the equation, like take yourself out of the equation and be like, what does this person probably really need from me right now? And I think that the most respectful thing to do is to let them know that your presence is there, to let them know you are there for them, but that nothing is, else is necessary. You know, it doesn't have to be like a constant check-in of like, how are you? Or I'm thinking, it's just all it has to be is like, I'm here for you mm -hmm. if you want to talk. Like, that's it. And I think little, little things, sending juices, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, little thoughtful things, but I don't think that you need to overthink it. And I also don't think that you, anybody should lean into the questions too much yeah. because every person is just so different in how they want to face it mm -hmm. and how they want to talk about it or not. A hundred percent. Your son, how old is yeah, he? Yeah, well, he's five. He's five, okay. Yeah. So he's still a he's little like a, boy. He's like a, yeah, a little kid. Does he know about this? Like, how do you explain this to him? So he was, like, pretty coherent for some of the last few. And we would tell him just very literally. Like, that's what all childhood development specialists will tell you, that you want to be very literal and factual with kids because that's just, like, the only way that they'll understand it. Mm. Um, so we just told them that just the way that we tried to, that we made Sunny, that, that mommy and daddy tried to make a baby, and that sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And yeah. this time... It didn't work and we're going to keep trying and we will let you know as we go. But mm -hmm. I think it's it's like it, you don't have to think too much about it. Like just tell the truth. Like just say the facts. I mm -hmm. think that kids need to hear those things because it gives them a little bit more control when they know what's happening, you know? Yeah. You're not like so loosey-goosey about it or you don't, you're not hiding anything from them. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's certain things that you want to protect them from, but like even when like our, our goldfish died and it was like the first time we were going to have to talk about death with Sunny. So we asked uh, this woman that we usually go to for any like questions about parenting and she was like, you literally just have to tell him what happened, that its body 
stopped working. And not about, oh, goes into heaven and then, you know, or wherever, whatever you think is happening, that's great, that's fine. But I think that in order for them to not be scared of it, they just need to know what is happening. That is so interesting, and I've never heard it put that way. Mm -hmm. And I really agree. Mm -hmm. Because if a child then thinks that there is this other place that you go, and it makes it all complicated, and then they— you know, they're confused. I think yeah. just giving them the facts and letting them create their own beliefs as they age. Exactly. That's really smart. Yeah. I think so. And, and not over-explaining. Just keep no. it simple. Simple yeah. and factual. So how has loss changed you as a person? I know you were just mentioning how it toughened you out a little bit. Yeah. But how has it changed you and what's it like? It's interesting because, like, I, I talked about how I, I am a really sensitive person, but... I think that I feel like I'm sensitive personally, like I take a lot of things personally, but in the scheme of life, I feel like it's given me such a healthy, unfortunately, it's, you know, but it's glass half full. Um, It's given me just so much perspective on what's important. And like, I just don't care about so much. Like I, I just, I can't care because I feel like I've experienced certain things that trump it all and it's just not worth it. And I think that that is really powerful. Sometimes I'm like, oh, should I care a little bit more about this? Or, you know, like I don't want to completely lose the passion and the drive and whatnot. But I do think that like, yeah, it's given me perspective on what's really important and what needs to come first in my life in terms of my priorities. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't agree more. And it, I guess, gives you that new perspective on the world. Yes. And it, and it makes you just realize that life is precious. Mm-hmm. Life is so precious. And those things that everyone cares about don't actually matter a lot of the time. And I guess being in LA as well, there's so much of that. There's so much fluff, right? It's so true. Yeah. I think having a kid reminded me of it too. Like sometimes Sonny brings me back to my grief a little bit more than I would like because when I see him experiencing these things as a kid for the first time, I go back to me experiencing these things as for the first time and just my childhood. And so it definitely brings me back to that place with him but ugh, it's like it's so hard to find a positive but what I try to tell myself is is that it's allowed me also to be more present and appreciate those moments whereas before I probably wouldn't have been so aware of all these little micro moments that are happening all the time but now I'm like oh my god they just could be taken away at any moment and I remember how precious they were for me when I was little so it's just it's a really good reflection do you love being a mom I do. I do now. I didn't at first, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I didn't love being pregnant. Yeah. And then at, when I had Sunny, I had just the hardest time with the newborn phase and with breastfeeding and the body. And I just didn't, I, I, I don't know whether I was just like too selfish to not love it, whatever it was. I did not love the first year. But then once I started to feel like I could handle the baby and my priorities— I felt like I didn't like resent it as much. You know, it's hard being a career woman going into motherhood. It's hard to like not resent it a little bit when even though you're not, it's not like I was dying to get back to work. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's just more, it makes it more complicated and it makes you resentful of, of these choices. So for me, I had to get 
I had to find my peace with that, and I had to find what my ba- what my balance looked like in order to really enjoy being a mom. Yeah, totally. What kind of leader are you with work? Because, you know, you are a boss, <laughs> and I'm sure you have a lot of people working for you. What kind of boss are you? So, that's a good question. I feel like someone else should answer that. I think I think I'm a good boss. Like I'm I'm a really uh, I'm a really sensitive boss. Like I'm very tuned into if I'm putting too much on the person or not. Like I'm always a little bit nervous like overworking someone mm-hmm. or asking for too much or I mean yeah, I just yeah. I don't want to be needy. I don't want to be a needy boss, but I also want to like be assertive and stand for what I need. So it's I yeah. I, I I have a hard time finding the balance and respecting yeah. the boundaries because I just never want to take advantage. Yeah. But um I think that I actually haven't really thought about how I am as a boss. I mm-hmm. think that I could probably do a little bit better, honestly. What are you really good at when it comes to being a boss? I think I'm I think I'm really decisive. Like I really do think I'm good at making decisions when someone is presenting me with something. Mm -hmm. I'm really creative. Like I know uh, work around to a solution. Um, I can tell in people what their positive traits are. Mm -hmm. And I think that then I'm able to direct like the appropriate work their way. Um, I think I have like a positive attitude, you know, and I, so I try to yeah, have that reflected. Mm-hmm. And then what's somewhere in your leadership style that you'd want to improve? Um, be more organized, I think. Yeah. Like, I think, honestly, just be a little bit more of uh, a micromanager and, like, yeah. like no going, like, telling people what I want, how I want it. And just, I, I, I feel like if I could actually get organized and explain, express eloquently and clearly what I wanted, that we could be more productive. But sometimes for me, I just feel like a chicken running around with my head cut off that I can't direct. Mm. And so then I'm not getting necessarily what I need done. Mm-hmm. Do you I know what it. I mean? I, I resonate and I totally get it. Like you can't necessarily be present as a boss yeah. because you're so dealing with the incoming all the time. Yes. You can't get yourself organized to to like do the outgoing, which is what essentially you really want to be spending most of your time on, like creating the stuff, not dealing with the stuff that's coming in. I read a quote the other day, and this was about founders, Mm -hmm. and it said that you should be focusing on the important things, not the urgent things. Totally. Have your team deal with the urgent things. But I feel like, you know, I resonate with you because I've been the past year and a half, my app has grown tremendously and it's become this whole like tech company and it's so intense. And I find that we don't grow as much when I'm just focusing on reacting to the urgent things that come up. Mm -hmm. So I've now decided, no, you know, I'm delegating all of this to you guys because I need to focus on the important things. I need to focus on the vision where we're going. Yeah. Totally resonate. It's just so hard also then to know like what to delegate and what not to. Yeah. Like I was literally just having the same conversation this morning and it was such a silly conversation. Well, I guess I'll give the example just to like, but like we, I, I relaunched my website and I really want one of the parts of the website to have like a beautifully curated shop. And I want it to really reflect my personal style. And I want there to be a lot of thought and time and effort that goes into it. But 
sourcing all the links for everything is very, very time consuming. But I really do want to be the one choosing everything that goes on the site. So it's like, where is my time best spent? I don't know. Mm. I, and it's it's about making the smart decisions. And that's like a silly, small, no, really small little though. example. Yeah. But you have to really think about where your time is best spent. Right. And sometimes really hard to know. It is. Yeah. And you have to trust the people that work for you as well. Well, yeah, that's also true. It's like... Maybe you get an assistant. No one else... No, well, no one else gets my eye or like, you know, the, no one can do it like this or the reason why people want this is because they want your opinion on it, you know? So it's like... But maybe there's a middle ground. Maybe you could have an assistant or someone that works for you, you know, pull out all the best pieces that they know that you might like and then you do the second round this, and it's yeah. less time consuming. I know, but yeah. my brain always goes to like, but what if the assistant yeah. misses the thing no, I know, that I, I know. like the best? Yeah. I got it. So what are you like as a female owner and founder? You know, I know being a woman, it's it's definitely a different ball game, And I've noticed that as well with my experience being a business owner. Yeah. How, have, how has your experience been? Have you ever had to deal with, you know, maybe people of the opposite sex not taking that, you seriously or? Honestly, I really haven't. I mm -hmm. think because I've worked in the fashion industry and uh, I think that women have had such a strong voice. I feel really lucky that mm -hmm. I've been able to work in an industry where it's more been women on women that aren't so nice than yeah. men on women, yeah. you know. But I feel lucky to work in a, in a really supportive place. But I also very much want to, like, in what I want to do, like, support the smaller voice. So yeah. like support the women founders, like the, the companies that we invest in mm -hmm. are, I think like 90% women founded. Um, everybody that works for me is a woman. You know, it's important to me to have that energy, to have that camaraderie. Mm -hmm. Like I, I grew up with, in, I'm one of five kids, four of us are girls. Like I think that part of my confidence comes from having those sisters that were always building me up. So I fully yeah. believe in the importance of like, sisterhood and womanhood but I feel lucky I haven't personally ever had to like prove myself to anyone you know yeah sisters are great sisters are great I have one sister no yeah sisters are so great so essential yeah I told Ben if we ever have a girl we need to just keep trying till we get another girl yes. so a girl needs a sister <laughs> so true <laughs> so tell me about some of your wellness rituals practices how yeah. do you stay level-headed with a good um, you know, head on your shoulders after everything that you've been through and running a business and being a mom. Tell me some of your go-to wellness practices that you do. Okay, so I was just saying, to, like, saying to myself in the shower where I do a lot of my best thinking, like, I need to get back on a, like, a routine because for me, I am so day by day, like every day is different. I It's very hard for me to commit to anything, but I will get on, on these routines and I can really stick to it if I have like an accountability mm -hmm. partner, if I do like a challenge or something. But for me, the things that really make me feel whole, like in a day, if I can get all these things done, I feel great about myself. Yeah. If I can like move my body for 30 minutes. So for me, ideally, that would be, ideally would be a hot yoga class for an hour. That would be my ideal. But if I do like a Melissa Wood Health for 30 minutes or something, move my body for 30 minutes, read for 30 minutes. Um, and for me, driving in LA, it's really great because I just use Audible and I can listen. So I feel really good after I read. Um, meditate for 10. 
I use the Calm app. I can't wait for you to try Superhuman. Oh my God. No, I, well, I yeah. think you're going like, to really love it. No, okay. we can talk about Calm. But yeah. listen, I'm cool with people trying whatever they want. Yeah, but I you're know, like, you know, no, I, I'm just confident because time and time again, people move from other apps to mine. Yeah. And it's it's really transformative. Oh God, it's a very really different type of meditation too. Okay. Very visualization focused, energizing, Ooh. like movie moment music. Our audio engineers create like the best soundscapes oh to really God. bring you into that like I am this energized, like powerful being energy. Amazing. I know you're going to love it. So yeah, everyone, okay. we're keeping that in. She, yeah. she uses Calm now, but we'll yeah. see what she uses in a few months. <laughs> totally. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, I meditation for me, like if I ha- can do it consistently, feel I good. feel such a yeah. difference. Like drinking water as I, the three. So simple, but oh, so, so important. So simple. I never do it, but like if I can get through my yeah. water bottle maybe twice in a day, I feel good. And um, taking my vitamins. And and those are like, those are five simple things for me. Like if I can do those things, I feel like so accomplished. Yeah. And they're so simple. So simple. Doesn't need to be hard. No, it doesn't need to be hard. But like other little things I'll do for myself. Like in the morning, I'll try to make myself a cup of, a cup of tea. I found a new great tea that I love. Um, Earl Grey Cream. So yum. What brand? Uh, Art of Tea. Mm. So good. So that's something. Um, and then at the end of the night, my really long showers. And I have like a Mr. Seam shower situation in my shower with the music and the light and the thing. And so I just like fully try to zone out in there, which is hard because like I said, I do some of my best thinking in the shower. So I have to try to force myself to like not, you know, like to try to calm it down a little bit. Um, But I also want those thoughts to come up. Like I want to I'm sure it exists, but I want like a notepad in my shower that I can write things down. Yeah. 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 I'm sure that exists. exists. That must. Yeah. Okay. So with this new season of the show, uh, I'm focusing a lot on what it's like having it all. And if you believe in that um, concept of having it all, I personally do. I think that there is a possibility out there to have it all. I agree. Being a wife, being a mom, being a very successful entrepreneur and someone that is very aligned with, you know, the career you're on, what is it like having it all to you if you feel like you have it all? Oh, um, for me, I, I think it's so dependent on the phase in your life that you're in, you know, because what we're looking for is so different at different times. But what I can say right now, I feel so complete just having healthy connected relationships with my the the two most important people in my life like my husband and my son that were we're all connected and ha- healthy and happy. Like to me, that's having it all. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's maybe a simple. So life's it's all very about- simple, but I I can't imagine besides the other necessities like a roof over my head and food on our table. I feel like as long as we're able to afford that and we're happy and healthy, like I can't, I don't know what else mm-hmm. we would really need. I mean, we all want for so much more, mm-hmm. of course. Like I wouldn't be here if I didn't, you mm-hmm. know, like we all, I I want for more. But I, I do believe when I really think about it that like I do have it all. Yeah, yeah, that's I beautiful. think that's important realizing so that you can connect to what's actually important that doesn't mean that doesn't mean I should I should feel guilty for wanting more but I think it it makes it all manageable let's say 
something doesn't work out. It's like, okay, that's just, that doesn't, that's not life ending. That's not career ending. That's, you know, there's so much else. Yeah. That's so beautiful to hear that your, your idea of having it all is your family and your loved ones being happy and healthy, having yeah. a great relationship with them. Yeah. Because so many people that are at the beginning phases of their journey just think money. Yeah. I want money. And when I get that, then I'll be happy. Yeah. No, 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 no. What do you have to say about that? Um, it's just like, I think that money definitely provides like a lot of comfort. Mm -hmm. And, but I think that unless you have the core foundation of happiness, whether it be by yourself or with a family, the money is never actually going to make you feel yeah. like you have it all. Yeah. It's just not. Maybe having it all is money and happiness, but to me, it's it's happiness and just like comfort. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to our quick yeah. fire round. Okay. I like to ask this to all of my guests. Yes. The best way to snap out of a bad mood. Of your favorite song. Ooh, listen to What's your, your favorite, favorite song? song? Um, my favorite song is, oh my God, I have so many favorite songs. But uh, the first one that came to mind was Talking Heads, um, This Must Be The Place. Ooh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Do plants thrive or die in your care? Mine die, just to put it out there, so don't I feel embarrassed. Have, <laughs> honestly, like very, mine have very different energies. Like okay. I have, I have a few that are just like always on the fritz, and then I have some that are flourishing. <laughs> um, but like I have no rhyme or reason as to why. But you, you water them, you take care of them. Yeah. Okay. Well, then I think thrive because I don't even I forget about yeah, them. Okay. Yeah. No. 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 They're they're part of my yeah. They're part of my ritual. What would you never wear now that used to be a standard? Like skinny jeans. Yeah. I hate skinny jeans. I could, well, never wear skinny jeans again. Like, I'm down with a low rise, but I can't yeah. do a super skinny Okay, well, at jean. least you're tall, so skinny jeans look better on you. I'm really short, as you know. <laughs> I like skinny jeans on a short girl that's not, like, a stick is not a, not a vibe, I don't Honestly, think. <laughs> I, it's not even like I, I don't think that they look like I think they look good on on whether you're short or tall or whatever it's just like there's it's just so uncomfortable it is uncomfortable like jeans are already not that comfortable for me yeah. I'm not I, like these are really baggy yeah. so I love them but no sorry never a skinny jean again so uncomfortable I just find them so unflattering too like I love like a flare yes yeah um okay what's one thing you unapologetically splurge on my, like, facials, yeah. my manicure pedicures, yeah. my hair, like, my beauty, beauty stuff. upkeep yeah. stuff. I just go for it. Like, I know I am. I just do it. A favorite memory from childhood? Um, so many different ones just popped into my head. The first one that popped into my head was winning this poetry contest when I was in, like, fifth grade. I have, like, all these pictures um, I'm wearing like a vest with like books all over it. I'm such a oh, nerd that's and so cute. with my parents and grandparents. But yeah, I that that just popped into my head. That's really sweet. Yeah. That's really sweet. What's the best advice that you've ever received? I think the best advice is something that my best friend always tells me, which sounds a little scary at first, but it's this line that I always say to myself that there's no way out but through. It's like you really have to go through things and experience them. You know, we always want like an easy out or like a quick fix, but it, those just don't exist. Like you have to really wade through everything to feel it and learn from it. Like that's just life. So I'm always just like, okay, no, this is hard, but there's no way out but through. That's a great piece of advice. 
What's a book that had a huge impact on your life? Um, I just read, well, not, maybe like a couple years ago during COVID, I read Glennon Doyle's Untamed. And I just, that that obviously was, I think, a big moment for, for women, mm-hmm. like everything that that she wrote and how powerful she was able to express herself, I think, aligned with so many women my age, you know, feeling this need to, like, figure out our wants and needs beyond just, like, what everybody else wants from us. So I think that that reading that, reading her words, really forced me to, like, take a look at how I'm making choices towards my goals and dreams, yeah. not what everybody else's are. Great book. Yeah. Coffee or tea? coffee. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite way to stay active? Hot yoga. Yoga and just like playing with my kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something classic that will never grow out of style. Something classic that will never grow out of style. All black. Yeah. All black. <laughs> Looks great. Thank you. Love an all black look. Are you an early bird or a night owl? I am neither. <laughs> I I would like to sleep in in the morning and I like to go to bed early. I just like, I need yeah. a lot of sleep. I'm not running on any right now. I guess if I had to choose, I would say it would be more comfortable for me to stay up later. Okay. Like so I get like a really productive surge sometimes at like 6 p.m., which is really weird. Great. It's like after that lull at 3 to 4, you know, yeah. you're like, ugh. And then 6, I'll all of a sudden start to get an urge. I feel like it's because I think maybe the day's ending and so I'm like, oh, shit, I should do stuff. But I I'm more, I, I guess I would say, yeah, more of, more of a night person. I read the other day that women need to get like nine or 10 hours of sleep a night. I mean, we probably should. I used to say eight and now I feel like yeah, I do nine. it's not even enough. Yeah. I, before Sunny, I was doing nine. Mm-hmm. Once you have a kid, like, no. f- well, for the first three years, actually, it was amazing. He was sleeping all through the night. And then once he transitioned into a regular size bed, it just, like, he was in our room every single night and waking up early. Yeah. So now it's not, I like, now it's, now it's like a six to seven hour a night situation for me. Which oh, yeah. Maybe you can do an afternoon nap. Not an napper. No, I always want to be, but I then I wake up and I'm like, what century am I, I can't, But I can't even fall asleep during the day. <laughs> like, I couldn't even try to nap. If yeah. I, maybe if I, maybe you have like a, um, do you have sleep stories or anything We on have your like app? sleep meditations for overnight, like eight hour long, like, but they're more like, uh, subconscious reprogramming, kind of visualization. Like, oh, my whole app is about transforming your life and becoming your future self. So, we okay. have relaxation stuff for sure, but it's a unique approach. It's not as traditional, and you're never thinking about nothing. It's more like, you know, getting into the energy of your ultimate self yeah. throughout everyday moments. We have I like walking that. meditations, cooking meditations, like 15 different categories. Oh my God. It's very unique. I can't wait for you to try it. I'm so excited. So, what's a misconception <clears throat> about you? Um, I think people think that I was just like a reality TV persona and that's how I was able to use that exposure to like be in the fashion world. And I, I don't really fight hard against that. It's, it's not, I'm not like trying to make a statement that that's not me. I hope that people learn by getting to know me that mm-hmm. I have always wanted to be in fashion. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's hard. I, I Maybe you have felt this way, mm-hmm. like coming from a reality TV show when that's how you start your career, people will put you in the box of like, that's what you are. And then it's very hard to be taken seriously elsewhere in different industries. Yeah. So, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. I love how in the States, not a lot of people know about Made in Chelsea. So they take me seriously here. But when I go to the UK, they're like, oh, like, 
you're just that girl from Made in Chelsea. I'm like, okay, first of all, I did that seven years ago. And like, I have, no, everything I've done since then is completely unrelated. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, I love the, the the show. Like, I love reality TV. Yeah. I'm like not even judging that. It's just more that they think that that's just who you are, that you were just trying yeah. to be famous. No. And that's the thing is that like, I never was trying to be. It just, yeah. I happened to be at the right place at the right time. And I just want people to know that like, I've, I have worked mm-hmm. for what I what I have, and I am continually working. And it wasn't just because I was on TV, you know? It's clear, though. Honestly, it's so clear. There are so many people that do shows like that, and years and years later, they don't do anything publicly with it, right? Yeah, so, yeah. I, yeah, it's obviously clear. Thank so you. what makes you feel superhuman? <sighs> what makes me feel superhuman? Honestly, when... My kid looks at me like with love and confidence when I've when I've just given him like a nig- a little nugget of like of love and confidence where I feel like we're re- really connecting and there's been a moment of like me impacting him in some positive way. I think that's when I really feel like oh my god, I'm the ultimate like superhero, you know, because I'm like actually cultivating a little like kind hearted human being and like yeah. what could be more for me at least fulfilling at this yeah. point in my life but yeah. I, I feel like I would probably answer that question differently if you asked me that in 10 years that's so beautiful yeah I love that thank okay, you before we finish off I have these like question cards that I've really wanted to use and I didn't yeah. use them in the last interview okay so they're just questions okay pick one okay okay what does it say where do you feel stuck? Ooh, where do you feel stuck in your life? I feel stuck in my routine at the moment. Okay. Like I feel stuck. I feel like I need to get out of my routine and start a new one and be consistent with it. Like my, I'm, it's very hard for me to stay consistent. Yeah. Um. So I just, yeah, I feel stuck in my lack of consistency. Let's do one more. Okay. Just for fun. What lessons did you learn from your parents? Um. I think my parents did such a great job of allowing us to like explore so many different things and not deciding a path for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think with five different with five kids, they just did such a beautiful job of tuning into who we each uniquely were. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something that I've tried that stuck with me as a parent that you know there's so many people that are trying to live out like their unrealized dreams in their kids or they see their kid in a certain way or as a reflection of them and it's like no this is like a completely different person mm-hmm. like just because they come from you doesn't mean that they're anything no. like you like they're a totally clean slate so for me it's just like really tuning into who he is and and trying to provide for him like all the possibilities that I can so that he can figure out like what he really loves and I think my parents did a really good job of that with me so that's beautiful yeah okay last but not least yeah I love the concept of the future self, your future, ultimate future self, someone, a version of you that you see five years down the line that Mm -hmm. you are aiming towards. Who is Whitney Port's future self? What is she doing? Where does she live? What is her business like? What's her family like, her relationships? I want to hear about her. Um, I think that she is, 
I try not to think so far ahead, mm-hmm. which sometimes I also wonder if that's not good, but I really try to like stay in the moment. It doesn't have I, to be five years. Just like the person you're aiming to be. Yeah, I think that I'm, I want to be more myself, but just more cool, calm, and collected. Not so like scatterbrain, mm-hmm. not so chaotic, just like a little bit more clear, mm-hmm. organized, efficient, and um, yeah. I love everything about my life right now. So I hope just like like more of that. That's the best place to be. That's the best answer that I hope all my guests say is, I feel like I already am in that place. And, you know, there are these small improvements that I want to make. Of course, always. But it's really beautiful to hear that because, you know, so many people will answer that question differently. Some people will say, oh, I want this, this, and this. And I am so far away from that future self. And then others will say, hey, I actually have worked really hard to get to where I am and I'm really happy. And, you know, that's really beautiful that you say that. Yeah, I mean, of course, there's things I want. Like, I would love a bigger house. And I would love, you know, like a walk-in closet. Or Mm -hmm. I would love to build my own business um, where I can actually, like, be a founder and have something to be proud of. I would love to continue to create and design um you know there's there's so many things but fundamentally yeah I just want more of what I have yeah beautiful yeah. well Whitney this has been an amazing conversation where can everyone find you and listen to your podcast yes yeah, so my podcast is with wit and they can listen to it every Tuesday um I'm Whitney Eve Port on Instagram and my website's WhitneyPort.com amazing yeah. thank you so much thank for you coming so on much. So nice thank you for bearing with me oh my god you sound great <laughs> oh my gosh you sound great Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And if you found it insightful, share it with a friend or leave us a rating and a review if you are so kind. We want to bring you more episodes like this. So if you enjoyed it, please do let us know and see you next time.